Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. This is yet another opportunity for the church to lift up its voice like a trumpet and declare, He lives, He lives, Christ Jesus lives today. The women who were returned, who, who returned to the tomb early that first Easter morn heard the angels ask, Why seek you the living among the dead? He's not here, but he is risen, Luke 24 and 5. And indeed, he is risen. The same body that was taken down from the cross, wrapped in linen, encased in 100 pounds of myrrh and aloes, according to John 19 and 39, it was that same body glorified, that same body rose up from the dead, exited a sealed tomb and made his appearance to the disciples alive. The truth of the gospel rests on this, that Christ Jesus lived on earth, died on the cross, was buried in a borrowed tomb, and rose from the dead on the third day and was seen by many over the space of 40 days according to the word, word of God. And he ascended openly into heaven where he sits today at the right hand of God the Father. And he waits to return to earth again to take away to himself all who are trusting in his atoning blood. Our hope, the songwriter says, is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. We dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. Our eternal salvation hangs solidly on the work Christ did for us on Calvary's cross and at the empty tomb. But come, let us join in a moment of prayer before we open the account of the scriptures for our meditation today. O God, our Father in heaven, we are thankful that you have kept us so that we can be blessed with the blessings of another Easter season. The story of this season, Father, never fails to thrill us. The victory won over death, over hell, and over the grave is worthy of eternal celebration. Thank you, Father that by your grace we are saved and we have come to understand and to appropriate the benefits of our Savior's sacrifice, salvation, healing, 
feast, the fullness of the Spirit, and so many other blessings that come with knowing you and Jesus Christ, your Son, whom you have made available and accessible to us all. How can we thank you for this and every other benefit you have given to us? But we have to say thank you, Father. And I ask you today to look upon each of these, your children in this circle. Some are sick in their body. Others are weighed down in their mind and spirit. Anxious about that which is to come and about that which may have passed. They are restless and tormented over a condition that has refused to go away. O oh Lord, in the name of Jesus, let today, let this moment, let this hour mark the end of their struggle and their torment. These Egyptians we are seeing today let them be seen here again no more. Drive them into the pit in the mighty name of Jesus. This mountain, we say to it, be removed and be cast into the midst of the sea and we call it done. We pray for all your people who are exposed to any form of exploitation by oppressors. Defend the defenseless. Deliver and protect them all. Turn the counsels of the evil set against them. Turn the counsel back on themselves. And we pray for families in any form of distress today. Bring them out safely. Bring them out early. And for those who are in the process of preparing for or writing examinations, we remember them. For those who are unemployed, those who are underemployed, and those who are being cheated out of their just desserts, Lord, let the rivers of justice flow for the benefit of all those who are deserving and for the nations of the world facing different types of crises, wars, floods, famine, oh, economic downturns, rising challenges, social conflicts, interracial conflicts, political turmoil. We pray for your peace to prevail. Send forth laborers into your harvest before the time of reaping is over. Bless those already on the field, our pastors, evangelists, missionaries, workers everywhere, spreading the gospel, the good news, and bringing relief to those who are oppressed. Bless all your children with your strength and give them the power 
of your Son, Christ Jesus. Remember those among us who have had birthdays recently, Pastor Crawford, Sister Hyacinth, and others. We pray that you will touch them. Remember Paul, whose birthday is coming up in a few days. Touch them all and minister to them by your mighty power. Lord, you are here today. We sense that we are not alone around this altar and in this wide open church, this church without walls. You are right here, Lord, and we give you thanks and praise for being with us. For you said we are two or three gathered together in your name. You are there in the midst of them to bless. You are blessing. You are touching. You are healing. You are stretching out your hand to provide. For you are Jehovah, Jireh, our provider. Bless your word as it goes forth this morning. And use it for your praise, honor, and glory. In Jesus' mighty name, and all of God's people say, Amen and Amen. Our text today is found in the Gospel according to John, chapter 14 and verse number 19. The third clause in that verse reads as follows. Because I live, you shall live also. This is the same chapter you will notice that begins with, Let not your heart be troubled. And you know the rest of it. The master was assuring his followers of the certainty of a secure place in eternity prepared for them. He told them he was going to leave, leave them behind for a season, and that he would be occupied in construction work, at the end of which he would return and take them all with him, all whom he would find trusting, believing, and looking upward expecting his return. No doubt their hearts sunk as they heard that he would have to leave them. He did at Calvary where he died and this was confirmed by his being put in a sealed tomb on Golgotha's hill. Yes, that tomb received his remains by way of burial. It was a rough exit for a man who had given his days, uh, especially his latter days, going about doing good, healing the sick, cleansing the lepers, opening the eyes of the blind, unstopping deaf ears, making the lame to walk, and even raising up the dead. He left his disciples by way of the cross. But on the third day, 
they got a report that his tomb was vacant and that he was seen by some of his followers on that evening of his resurrection. They were huddled in the room, waiting with bated breath, expecting anything to come their way. They probably asked themselves, who's next or what's next on the agenda of those who condemned the master? Yes, they were wondering when suddenly, according to Luke chapter 24 and verse number 36, Jesus himself, not a shadow, not a form, not an image or an outline, not a spirit, but Jesus himself in person. How did he escape from death and from the grave? Who let him out? The reality of what they saw terrified them. Three days previously, he was suspended from a wooden cross in the midst of an angry, hostile mob. He had died in the space of six hour, hours, from the third hour to the ninth hour, bruised, wounded, and buried in haste late that afternoon. A huge stone sealed the entrance or the mouth of the tomb. The tomb, which was hewn out of solid rock. There was no way of escape from there, no doors or windows. A solid chunk of rock prepared the opening for a tomb. Now the one who was buried three days ago is standing, standing right in the midst of his disciples, not another, but he himself, the master in person, in flesh, for real. What depth of a profound mystery this could be. When truth is made to become reality, who can but be astonished? They were terrified. They forgot he had promised, because I live, you shall live also. He comforted them, however, driving away their fears and doubts, and inviting them to look at his hands, to look at his feet. He was not a spirit or a ghost, because a ghost does not have flesh and bones as they were seeing and observing before their very eyes. They gave him a piece of fish and a piece of honeycomb. He took it and ate it before them. He was for real. He had come out from the tomb. He had fought death and won. And because he lived, we also shall live. Luke 
or moon, the glory of the Lord shall light that place where we shall dwell and move. There will be no night there. Then let us, according to the songwriter, let us be true and faithful, trusting, serving every day. Just one glimpse of him in glory will the toils of life repay. Yes, we didn't have to see in order to believe. We believe and then we will see. Because the promises of God are yea and amen in them that believe. The disciples in that secure room were terrified when Jesus appeared in their midst, in the flesh, in the flesh and bones, with the marks of violence inflicted on him by the enemy. His message was, because I live, you too shall live. This is the word to us today. Like he lives, we too shall live. Who among us believe this text? I do. Many of you, all of you do. Because he lives, you too shall live. For on this hangs all the hope of the church. On this hangs our hope of eternal life. Because I live, he said, you too shall live. Yes, I believe. We all believe. Let us bow our hearts before him in a moment of prayer and meditation. Lord Jesus, we know that you live. You are alive in our hearts. We see your footprints in the decades of our life. The heavens declare your glory day and night through the ages. Lord God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, you are alive. You are the eternal God. Three in one. Eyes have not seen, nor ear heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man the things, O oh God, which you have prepared for those who love you. We wait on you. We look to you for the day when faith will be turned into sight and we shall behold our Savior face to face and we shall hear him say well done good and faithful servant enter into the joy of your Lord we thank you that we are saved Father by the blood of the crucified one and we take refuge in the words that he said.
as I live, you shall live also. Thank you for each one who shares this faith and who enjoy this life, who all who have entered into this life and life more abundantly. Thank you that we are safe in the eternal arms of our loving Savior who is alive. We thank you for the day when he opened his mouth and he said to John, I am he that liveth and was dead. And behold, I'm alive forevermore. In Jesus' name, we believe and we give thanks to you, dear God. Amen and amen. We promise you that today on the program, we will be taking a few moments to do the communion service. We should have alerted you at the beginning of the message, but we still have a few minutes that will give you an opportunity to gather your emblems, anything liquid that would represent the blood of the Lord and any form of bread, a cracker, or whatever that could represent the broken body of our Lord. It was during, just before rather, the time of the crucifixion, just before that Jesus instituted the new covenant. He instituted what we know today as the communion service or the Lord's Supper. And we are told we should do this as often as we come together. And uh, by this we will celebrate or will be celebrating the death, the burial, the resurrection, and the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. I'm going to turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 11, and I will be looking for a moment at verse number 23 and reading on to verse number 26. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23 to verse 26. Hear the word of the Lord, and then we will direct you in the participating of the service, participating of the emblems. For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. 
same manner also he took the cup and when he had supped saying this cup is the new testament in my blood this do as oft as you drink it in remembrance of me for as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup you do show the lord's death till he come wherefore whoever whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and blood of the lord but let a man examine himself and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup for he that eateth and drinketh unworthily uh, eateth and drinketh damnation to himself not discerning the lord's body for this cause many are weak and sickly among you and many sleep for if we would judge ourselves we should not be judged but when we are judged we are chastened of the lord that we should not be condemned with the world wherefore my brethren when you come together to eat tarry one for another and if any man hunger let him eat at home that you come not together unto condemnation and the rest Paul says he will set in order when he would come but you notice that the eating of the bread and the drinking of the cup are both done in remembrance of the lord in remembrance of the cross in remembrance of the tomb in remembrance of the resurrection in remembrance of the ascension in remembrance of his exaltation let us eat in a moment of that which represents his broken body and his shed blood father in the name of jesus we ask your blessing on this bread and on this cup from which you are about to partake this which we are about to do in celebration of the victory of calvary and the victory over the grave and over death we ask your blessing on these emblems and we pray that this exercise this act of worship will do us good healing our body strengthening our soul and spirit and giving us lord god that life which only this service could give bless these emblems we pray as we now eat of that which represents his body broken for us shall we eat together let us let us take the cup and now drink in remembrance of him praise god praise god thank you jesus hallelujah what a wonderful 
Thank you. 